0: With Eddie Easton Jr., we are back once again here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, and just a, a mess of a week for anybody that follows not just politics but sports. You're talking about a week in which the President of the United States has made more news via social media, via a rally about issues that you think that he wouldn't be paying attention to. Now, granted, Donald Trump is the president of the United States. A lot of people have their mixed feelings about it. And, you know, I always like to say, okay, let's, let's try to put the bias to the side, especially when the election happened. And I don't know who voted for Trump, but I can't imagine this is what you voted for. He has had already, within the first year of his presidency, so many controversial moments. And the latest moment affects not only, like I said, politics and what's going on in the United States and the division amongst people, but now it's crossed over into the sports world. And not just one sport, we're talking about what's going on in the National Football League, we're talking about what's going on in the NBA. We're also talking about what's going on among sportscasters. I, I mean, this this has become such a, a such a thing. Like the, the President of the United States has emerged himself in all facets of the country, but not in the best way possible that you would think. It's odd for me to have to try to say, okay, well, the President of the United States is. Not well for the way he is attacking these leagues and these players, and and, and, and you know I, I look back at the whole uh, the whole issue with Jamil Hill, who he got to a nice back and forth with in regards to her tweets calling Trump a white supremacist. Now, yes, Jamil Hill is a accomplished sports journalist. She is the host of the Six on Sports Center. Uh, ESPN, for that matter, she has always been very, not only entertaining, but very honest via social media. Like, I follow her on Twitter, and she always drops gems and says what's really, you know, going on in her mind. Now, she made comments about Trump that were very controversial in in their own right, and Trump, obviously, you know, got word of it. Uh, Apparently, the White House was putting out you know these messages saying uh, that ESPN should fire her. Uh, ESPN did put out a message saying that they have like you know they spoken to her about it. They didn't say whether or not they would to fire her. But then there was rumors about they're possibly they were trying to replace her um, right before one show. And uh, Michael Smith, who is the um, co-host of the Six with Jamil Hill, uh, they did his and hers together and everything. Uh, he refused to go on with anybody else, and he stood up for his uh, his co-host. You don't see that often, especially in this business, but uh, he defied um, what, uh, what what was being forced on him. And it's such an odd, odd situation. I mean, you're talking about the President of the United States is really paying attention to what a sportscaster is saying and and was ready to force the company to, to fire her. And you thought that was probably the worst part. No, we're, we're far from the worst part if you want to just put that in perspective. And mind you, I'm only speaking from my own opinion. That's simply what it is. I'm 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 speaking from my own opinion, reviewing what has gone on over the past week and a half in regards to just, you know, the, the Donald Trump problems and, and just how everything seems to have come full circle with uh, the Colin Kaepernick situation. But we're going to get to football in a moment. Now we go to the NBA, and you have... The annual, you know, the White House visit from the NBA champions. That's always a big thing. Well, uh, apparently, you know, this year the uh, Warriors were going to make their trip. And there were some uh, discussion amongst them of whether or not they wanted to do it. Steph Curry kind of mentioned that he wasn't really feeling that whole idea of seeing Trump because of his, uh, you know, his his views and, and how he just doesn't agree with them. So he's well with his right to say that. They asked him the question. He said he's not really too sure he wants to do that. Once again, the President of the United States, Donald Trump, via Twitter, thought that he should, uh, you know, in a sense clap back, uh, give his his response to uh, Steph Curry, kind of, you know, thinking, overthinking whether or not to go to the White House for the annual visit. Trump basically just takes away his invite from not only Steph Curry, but from the Warriors, period. And... Kind of challenges them, saying that they are disrespectful to what it means to visit the White House, and you know, it, it was a very odd tweet, like to shame a uh, entire basketball franchise because they just don't agree with your views, and they have the choice whether or not they want to show up. And he, uh, he just said that uh, you know you guys are not invited anymore. And I I can't remember a time where this has happened, and. If you know, once again, hit me up on Twitter or via social media at Eddie Easton Jr. and just let me know. But man, this was um, this is pretty insane stuff. And I look at it, and you know, obviously Steph Curry had her had his response. Excuse me, uh, Steve Kerr shared his response as well. These are all sounds that you're gonna hear, and uh, like I said, I have a lot, and it's all from this one topic. That's the uh. That's the crazy thing about it. It's just that's how strong this has, has really become, amongst people and and their opinions regarding, you know, President Trump and now his effect on not just the politics of the world but in the sports world, and, and you know, you thought that was probably the biggest thing. Him taking a shot at Steph Curry, doing all these different things, saying what he said about Jamil Hill. But no. That was just child's play to what happened on this past Friday, actually, at a rally in Alabama. The president decided to comment on, you know, the whole taking a knee during the national anthem and, in his opinion, disrespecting the flag. This is obviously a square shot at Colin Kaepernick, and this is a topic that we've talked about for the last couple weeks on this show. And it's all become, it's all come full circle in regards to Donald Trump and, his recent comments now. Trump has just basically went on a rant, saying that anybody who decides to disrespect the flag in the NFL should be fired. That owners should just fire them for having freedom of speech. Let's let's really let's put that in perspective. He wants for players to be fired for voicing their opinions, not even voicing their opinions displaying their own freedom of speech in regards to taking a knee during the flag and showing their own version of solidarity. I mean, I I can't even fathom what the players were thinking, but they all obviously tweeted and, and put out messages right away. But that was even the worst part of the speech. He called them SOBs. Yes, I'm keeping this PG, but he called them SOBs. And if anybody knows what that means, you're going to hear. I'm going to play the entire speech from Trump from that night, and it's going to be bleeped out. But he called them SOB. This is the president of the United States, people. This isn't just a reality star. This isn't just a guy talking. This is the president of the United States calling an entire league of players, grown men, SOBs because... They they they, they decided to do their own demonstrations. It's it's impossible for anyone to really defend these actions. I mean, I notice people are saying like, "Oh, okay, well, you know, Trump is right. You gotta defend the flag at all costs." But this is the way we're gonna do it. I I just I was at a loss for words watching it myself, and I know for anyone who hasn't heard it, I'm gonna play it later as well as the many responses from those around the NFL, Uh, Roger Goodell actually put out a statement which didn't do much at all. He just said how all the players are working hard, especially everything they've done in Katrina. And he just kind of, you know, kept it safe. He didn't really get back at the president. He didn't want to cross that line. And obviously Roger Goodell is not a favorite amongst the players or fans of the NFL. So that's going to be another situation. Um, you have other owners coming up and saying things. Uh, Robert Kraft, who's actually a big supporter of Donald Trump, was very negative, saying he was disappointed by the comments of the president. And you know he put out his own written statement. You had Rex Ryan, who I'm going to play that audio on uh, the NFL Countdown show at ESPN, who was a who was a huge Trump supporter, actually introduced him in Buffalo during the campaign. Uh, before a rally he lost a lot of respect for uh, president trump is his i thought his was very interesting because you could tell for a guy who to openly admit that hey maybe i made a mistake that's a big deal especially for a guy like rex ryan who's very proud and and isn't afraid to say what's on his mind so it's going to be interesting to hear that you had the different protests and and demonstrations that followed afterwards a lot of teams didn't even leave the locker room i know for the uh Pittsburgh Steelers, their whole thought was not to leave the locker room. And one player, um, his name right now escapes me, but he is a former uh former member of the military. He actually decided to go out there and he was the only one out there for the Pittsburgh Steelers during the national anthem. That's uh it became a thing all around the league. You saw players on the, taking a knee, even Ray Lewis was taking a knee in London. They were all interlocked, you know, uh with arms together, just trying to show solidarity. And just pretty much defending themselves in the most peaceful way possible. It's a uh, it's a it's a blatant attack. There's there's no other way to sugarcoat it. It was a blatant attack at the league. It was a blatant attack at these men's characters. And uh, it, it was just it, it was a lot for people to have to deal with. So I gotta want to play a lot of uh, different audio from that. That's gonna be the main part of the show, just to see the, to hear the different reactions around the country just on this, this topic, and you had a lot of players, and, and you know, I'm going to play all of the success, you're going to have the uh, the Jamil Hill thoughts, you're also going to have the situation regarding the NBA, and like Steve Kerr, and Stephen Curry, you're going to hear them, and uh, you're also going to hear all the NFL comments regarding the situation, it's a lot, it's really a lot, so, um, you know, I I'm, I'm happy everybody to tune in, and definitely share your thoughts, because this is a topic that will probably never go away. This is still the President of the United States. We still have him technically for another three, three and a half years, I believe. This is going to be a topic. How are we going to handle this? How are people going to handle dealing with Donald Trump? Because he's pretty much shown that he does not care. He's going to say whatever he wants and he's going to do whatever he wants. So it's it's going to be an interesting... Uh, Transition for people to have to to deal with him and, and deal with the tweets, the early six a.m. tweets that he seems to do every day. It's a it's a scary time uh, in this country, and like I said, we're going to definitely point at that. And um, I guess on a lighter note, if you want to call this a lighter note, Kyrie Irving uh, recently went on First Take. Uh, he wanted to talk about his uh, you know his his change and wanting to move to uh, Boston and and just get out under um, LeBron James' shadow. Uh, yesterday put up, actually, a nice little compilation of the best moments from his interview with uh, Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith. He was as indifferent. Like, he he just showed, like, he didn't care a lot about what Max Kellerman was saying, about what other people were saying. It was... It's very entertaining audio. And if you got to see the video of it, the guy's face is is priceless. So, we're definitely going to start off with that. uh, As well as, you know, um, just... Going back into the whole Donald Trump saga and his attack on sports, mainly the NBA and the NFL, it's a a lot. So definitely tune in. Got ourselves a big show. You're listening to Sports Social with Eddie Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio.
1: Welcome into First Take. Boy, do we have a big show for
2: you, Stephen A. Smith. And I have
3: a uh, very, very special guest coming on First Take today. You will know him when you see him. He will be on in a little bit all i'm gonna say to you is don't miss it it's worth the wait
1: it's not every day we got kyrie irving out here in these bristol streets but he is an east coaster now we'll talk to him about it like he's just checking <laughs>
3: into <the> school right? <laughs> i reported that lebron was, was 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 so ticked off he'd be tempted to do to, to 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 do something what not that he ever would
4: well i feel like the timing was impeccable how ironic it was that i was on my china trip and how my trade requests all of a sudden just came out publicly and it was hurtful because I knew how professional I had kept it throughout the whole entire process.
5: Is there something personal going on that's none of our business that you simply don't want to talk about behind the scenes with LeBron?
4: Can I ask you a question, Max? Why does it continuously have to be about one player? Do you realize that I played with 13 other guys on the team?
3: Did you speak to LeBron James or talk to LeBron James before you and your representatives met with ownership and let them know that you wanted out?
5: Huh. you reached the point in your career and life where staying with LeBron James would hold you back in terms of fulfilling your complete potential as a player.
3: Why not? Why would I have to?
5: Or that there's some personal problem with LeBron James.
3: I'm not implying that you have to at all.
5: Now you're answering cryptically a lot of the time and, and kind of generalities and that makes me think that maybe there's something personal going on behind the scenes that you can't or don't want to talk about. Chances
3: are, if you don't speak to somebody about it, they might take it personally. Yeah. Do you care about that at all? No.
5: If you're not saying that, then I'd like to know what you have to say about the idea that perfecting your craft seems to be, at this moment, put ahead of the pursuit of championships.
4: I'm sorry, Max, that absolutely made no sense to me. your craft like in pursuit of championships because it all goes in one as a professional athlete do you believe you can win without lebron james time will tell
6: i
3: ask you what you believe oh absolutely
5: then it seems you're also saying you have a better chance to to that in perfecting your craft with another group it also gives you a better chance to win a championship than staying in cleveland this year with lebron
4: Wait, say that, rephrase that one more time. I feel like there's a simpler way so, that you can ask that question. Yeah, so, just, stay with, so stay with him. I think you. I'm missing him. I'm missing him. That's, like all, missing right. Him That's all right. That's all right. I don't think that uh, you owe anything to another person in terms of figuring out what you want to do with your life. And it's not anything personal. I'm not here to tirade anybody. I'm not here to go at any particular person or the organization because I have nothing but love for Cleveland.
3: How important is witty
4: to you? I've been on the... On the... Search and on the journey of winning at every level. I just think that you just care entirely too much.
3: Kevin Durant catching LeBron James, best play in the world.
4: Like keep forgetting them. The basketball is a team sport. At this point, yes. I'm around different players all the time. I understand it's one two two one. However you want to slice it.
3: I need an answer. Give it to me. <laughs>
4: In terms of, there is no personal issue. There is no, like, let me figure out what's going on. Let's dive in, and maybe we're missing something here. He, uh, he, you, you, you reward guys for winning, um, and he went to Golden State and he's won. He's a champion. He's a champion. Right. He's a he's a solidified champion now. So he he's able to be in those talks. I made the decision as a man, and as a man over there, Max Kellerman. Just respect it and leave it alone. In the journey that I'm going to be taking the next steps on with the team that we have, Mm -hmm. and the direction of being with a cultured franchise such such as Boston, which I can honestly say I'm very fortunate and very appreciative that it worked out that way because, um, in the trade requests, I really took a leap of faith with myself. Mm -hmm. And regardless of the situation, that belief and confidence that I have in myself was gonna remain the same regardless of wherever I went.
3: A lot of people look at Kobe and LeBron. Which one should we go with?
4: In terms of who my favorite player is, my dad first, Kobe second. It wasn't about me not wanting to win. Wasn't anything about that. It was like, I want to be extremely, extremely happy, like in perfecting my craft. And that was the only intent that I have in all of it.
1: Should heed at certain calls, cause the world, it seems, is right in this line. Cause there's a chance we're taking in needing our own lives, it seems we need a nothing at all. They're dying there And it shows
0: social with Ed Jr. We are back and as promised, are going to get into the large collection of sounds from around the country regarding uh, Donald Trump and his different comments. You're going to hear from Steve Kerr. You're going to hear from Steph Curry. You're going to hear from LeBron James. You're going to hear from the Fox NFL crew. You're going to hear from Rex Ryan. You're going to hear from different people that just were affected by this and uh, just the genuine comments from it because it, like I said, this was something that not many people expected it It was in my opinion a a black eye not just on uh, the sporting world but on the country it it was a uh, very disturbing thing and i'm also going to just lead off all of it now with donald trump and his speech that pretty much sparked everything in regards to the nfl so we're in for a big show uh once again if you have any thoughts at Ed Easton Jr., let me know what you think of all the clips, if, if these are the clips that you were expecting, if you thought there was some other stuff that other people said that I probably should have used in this compilation, let me know. But uh, until then, without further ado, check it out.
7: I mentioned this uh, about what's going on with Jamil Hill, that she had some things to say on Twitter uh, calling the president uh, a white supremacist. Um, you know, the the president, the president's Secretary, press secretary, uh, responded, and I, I don't think Trump had uh, heard anything about this, but it, I think it was going to be relayed to him. And then uh, she, uh, Huckabee said, "This is a fireable offense." So I don't know if ESPN is going to do anything about this. Uh, they have disciplined other anchors. You know, she was back on the six o'clock yesterday, but uh, they disciplined Linda Cohn, I think, before for doing this. You want to get uh, publicity here. And I think what is brought up here is it a double standard that Jamel Hill gets to say what she feels like. And Kurt Schilling got fired for saying what he really felt. When Schilling was on the air, this never came up. Jamel Hill, when she does Sports Center, this doesn't come up. It's, it's a slippery slope because of where ESPN is right now. And is there a political bias there? Is there a political agenda, a hidden agenda? Um, are you going to do something with Jamel Hill? Can you do something? What if you do something? You know, Al Al Sharpton said, we'll uh, boycott ESPN if you fire her here. I've always, my approach is that I hope the audience understands. I respect, you know, your opinions, but when it comes into the field of play with sports, we'll try to keep it to that. Sports and entertainment, that's what we do. And we do it well. But, you know, the... I, I choose not to do anything Twitter-wise. If my Dan Ants do something Twitter-wise, that's on them if that's what they want to do. When we come on the show, we decide if we're going to bring up something or not. I think we can all be in agreement what happened in Charlottesville was abhorrent. It was detestable. Um, I don't think that you can sit there and, you know, pick and choose and say, well, there were good people there. And, you know, overall, we, we disapproved of what happened there. Now, can we argue with uh, taking down statues? You know, I w- I've been in the southern states where I've seen the statues. Well, it doesn't affect me, but I, haven't, I don't let it affect me. But that's different than somebody who says that is oppression to me or what that represents. My point is, put those statues in a museum. If you choose to go to the museum, fine, you can go see it. But as far as having those statues up, you know, I've never been big on those in the first place. But now we're going to be starting to tear down statues. And was he sort of racist or did he have slaves? And I mean, you know, we're going to get to the point where it's not going to go away. And people who you hold in high regard, or at least you thought you did, now all of a sudden their statues come down. You know, does Lincoln's statue come down at some point because somebody's going to come out with something or George Washington? It's a mess. It really is. I try not to let that bleed into what we do. If Jamel Hill feels that strongly about what she said, Fine. As a person on her Twitter account, I have no problem with that. But you as a consumer may, because you can't separate the two. And that's what we were always told at ESPN. We know your people, but we want you to do your job. And, and when people tune in, they don't see a political agenda. When I worked with Oberman, there was no political agenda ever. But there was no social media back then. Keith never, ever talked about politics. He never now, if we were doing Sports Center now, he would have a social media account. He would probably have something to say, and we would be called into the office. So I, I understand the delicate balance there. But I also know when you tune into this show, you're not saying, boy, I, I want to th- you know what he thinks of you know, North Korea or the wall. Now, if we had a private conversation, great. But I do respect your time and what you expect out of this show. Now, Jamel Hill is not bringing this into SportsCenter. But I think it's really hard to separate what she said in her Twitter account and what, you know, what she does for a living. People are going to tune in and know where she stands on things. Yeah, Seton. I think it's interesting that ESPN has really backed themselves into an unwinnable situation with a lot of the decisions that they've made uh, regarding these types of things about what people say on social media versus what they say on air and who they are as people. And there's... Because of the decisions they've made, they're they it's just it's a lose lose for them at every pass. No this. matter what they do, if they discipline her, they'll be you know blowback. If they don't, oh, okay, Correct. we see where you guys stand politically. They put themselves in the position when you get rid of Schilling. Now, when Schilling says you know Hillary should basically be dead, uh, you know I have a problem with that, obviously. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, if you're going to hire him to do what Rush does, then don't fire him for doing what he did. And that's my problem with that with Rush Limbaugh. Now with Jamel Hill, I think ESPN's, uh, you know, the spotlight's on him to do something. Will you do something? What will you do? And then how does she react to this? Yeah, she, because she said, hey, uh, I understand. Let's move on. But I'm not speaking from you know a minority with this and that's what you have to understand with this can i separate the two when i tune into the six i'm not thinking about her comments about donald trump but you might and that's where espn has a dilemma
8: wouldn't you love to see one of these nfl owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say get that son of a bitch off the field right now out he's fired he's fired You know, some owner's going to do that. He's going to say, that guy that disrespects our flag, he's fired. And that owner, they don't know it. They don't know it. They're friends of mine, many of them. They don't know it. They'll be the most popular person for a week. They'll be the most popular person in this country, because that's a total disrespect of our heritage. That's a total disrespect of everything that we stand for. Okay? everything that we stand for. And I know we have freedoms, and we have freedom of choice, and many, many different freedoms, but you know what? It's still totally disrespectful. And you know, when the NFL ratings are down massively, massively, the NFL ratings are down massively. Now, the number one reason happens to be that they like watching what's happening on, you know, with yours, too. They like what's happening. This, because, you know, today, if you hit too hard, right? They hit too hard. Fifteen yards, throw him out of the game. They had that last week. I watched for a couple of minutes, and two guys just really beautiful tackle. Boom! Fifteen yards. The referee gets on television. His wife is sitting at home. She's so proud of him. They're ruining the game. Right? They're ruining the game. Hey, look, that's what they want to do. They want to hit, okay? They want to hit. But, but it is hurting the game. But you know what's hurting the game more than that? When people like yourselves turn on television and you see those people taking the knee when they're playing our great national anthem. The only thing you could do better is if you see it, even if it's one player, leave the stadium. I guarantee things will stop. Things will top. Just pick up and leave. Pick up and leave. Not the same game anymore,
3: anyway. Yeah, it's hard to believe that I'm gonna say something about the most powerful man in the greatest country in the world, but probably like a lot of you, I was somewhat surprised that the president, the president of the United States, came out attacking NFL players for them exercising the freedom of speech While I don't condone condone the protest during our national anthem, this is America. If our country stands for anything, folks, what? It's freedom. People died for that freedom. I'm not sure if our president understands those rights, that every American has the right to speak out and also to protest. Believe me, these athletes do love this great country of ours personally i think our president should concentrate on serious issues like north korea and health care rather than ripping into athletes and the nfl
9: you know kneeling or sitting for the anthem is not something i would choose to do but i fully support the right to do it that being said what keeps getting lost in the criticisms of the form of the protest is the message of inequality put it in perspective, as a white father having raised three boys, there were a million things to worry about on a daily basis. But it's impossible for me to truly understand the challenges that an African-American father faces at every turn while raising his children. But in a league that is comprised of 70% African-American players, if you're a white player in an NFL locker room, that puts you in a unique position to try to better understand those struggles and subsequently, as we've seen, show your support for your teammates in your own way. Understanding starts with a dialogue, and the most important part of dialogue is to listen.
10: And, and I agree 100% with you, Howie. And as you said, 70% of the players are African-American players, but all of them, if not all of them, are kneeling, are African-American players. And a lot of them have taken exception to be called being called SOBs. They felt like they've been told to stay in their place. And I think that's very frustrating to these guys. Not everyone kneels. But for the guys who don't kneel, they do have an understanding of what the other guys are kneeling for. And it's something that it's a personal preference for you as a player to choose to kneel or not to kneel. But it's turned into an issue about the flag. And it's never been an issue about the flag. It's been an issue about inequality, injustice, mistreatment of minorities. And it's been a spin on the real issue, which is that, to put it on the flag. And that's what the, what the, the players feel. And... Whenever this happens to anybody in the locker room, anybody feels attacked, it brings the players together. And as you've seen from this, it's brought the players together, the league together, the players' association. Everybody's come together as one. And we do live in the home of the brave. Plain and simple, the home of the brave. My father's a retired Army officer. But it's also the land of the free. And that is what is said in our anthem. And that is what we have to live by.
3: Yeah, yeah, and Michael, I don't want to underplay this issue because it's a lot, lot more important than a football game. And, and so that's why I, don't, I want to pull back and say, wait a minute now, you know, this issue is important, but there is a football game to play. And as a coach, I would be concerned about the focus of some of these players.
10: You know, the bottom line, though, is that people tend to forget that these players are human beings. And not just when fans want them to be like J.J. Watt and doing things to help the community in the ways that they want them to help the communities. A lot of these players, they've got feelings, they've got emotions, they've got opinions. And many of the players I spoke to feel that their voice is not being heard. And more specifically, that the president's comments on Friday, particularly calling them SOBs, were a slap in their face. One of the things, though, about football is that it always has a way of kind of unifying us and pulling us together, we hope, that this unity that spread throughout the league yesterday will spread throughout America in the weeks and months to come
11: when you look at it we all grew up in an NFL locker room we don't have those issues you know what I mean everybody's always been united you know in things you know yeah the views are different in things but let me tell you like like I'm pissed off I'll be honest with you you know because I supported uh, Donald Trump you know I I sat back and uh, when he asked me to uh, introduce them at a rally you know in in buffalo i did that but i'm reading these comments and it's it's appalling to me and i'm sure it's appalling to to almost any citizen in our country it should be i mean you know calling our players you know sobs and all that kind of stuff that's not the that's not the men that i know the men that i know in the locker room i'm proud of i'm proud to be associated with those people and it's just so you know I apologize for being pissed off but guess what that's it because right away I'm associated with what Donald Trump stands for and all that because you know I introduced him I never signed up for that I never wanted that that doesn't mean I, I you know uh, I support hundred percent of of the things that he says you, and you, clearly you. this is a case
2: hmm. well very interesting time we're living in right now There should be more focus on Uniting our country and showing one another how similar we are and how amazing it is to live in this great country. I think the comments from the president of the United States of America have been very divisive um, for a long time, and I think that it's very interesting that his that he condemned the protests, the silent protests of our players who are protesting the injustice. And, and bigotry and racism that has plagued our great country for so long and are trying to make a difference to make our country even better and even greater are seen as as radicals uh, to him. And that's that's incredible seeing as he, he saw the white supremacist and it took him a while to even condemn them to say anything bad about what they were doing. And And in this country, I think it's incredibly disrespectful to show swastikas or have swastikas or anything of that nature, anything that represents that regime or that time in history, because that was terrible. You know, America fought in that war. Americans died in that war. These these Americans fought for our flag in that war, and to disrespect them by bringing swastikas, I thought he would he would address that more vehemently. It's time for for somebody to address it, um, to address those comments and address the way our country is being divided uh, because it's wrong. I would also encourage our owners um, to speak up for our players. I think that this is an issue that attacked not only our players, but our league. Um, You know, I understand that all of our owners are are astute businessmen and the NFL is, is their business and it's your business and your business is also being attacked. Um, obviously, Commissioner Dale has said something, but I think that it's more powerful if each individual owner comes out and, and has something to say about this. But um, we're all together; we're all Americans, and you know it's time for for the racism and bigotry and and for those things to go away. You know that those things have no place in society, no place in America, no place in any country. Um, and that's my two cents.
9: Center, Tim. Hey, Steph. uh, Tim Bonderson, The Washington Post. Um, You talked before about the White House visit and how this whole thing has become pretty important to you. I know you said to Rachel before that you want it to be a statement that you guys are making a statement by not going. That's kind of your opinion on it. Um, What what kind of statement do you want to make by doing that? And and you're not exactly Draymond in terms of kind of taking forceful positions on things all the time. Why have you decided that this is something you really want to make a big
6: statement about? I don't think I sh- I don't, I don't want to go. <laughs> that's really, <it. laughs> I mean, that's kind of my, my, that's the, the nucleus of my belief. And I think for, it is different. It's not just me going to the White House. If it was, this would be a pretty short conversation, but uh, it's, like I said, it's the organization, it's the team and it's, it's hard to say because I don't know exactly what we're going to do uh, in lieu of, or if we do go, if we don't go or whatever, but my beliefs stay the same. So. Uh, I have a better answer for that once I can kind of understand where the group is too. What do you want that statement to be? Like, oh, you mean if that were the
9: case? Yeah, like what? What? Like you said, you want to make us like that to be a statement. Like you know, you guys make a statement by No, not We don't
6: stand for basically what our president has, the things that he said and the things that. Uh, that he hasn't said um, in the right times, that we won't stand for it. And by acting or, and not going, hopefully that will um, inspire some change when it comes to what we tolerate in this country and what is accepted and what is what we turn a blind eye to. Um, I mean, it's not just the act of not going, there are things that you have to do on the back end to actually push that message into motion. Um, you can talk about all the different personalities that have said things and done things, from Kaepernick to um, what happened to Mar- Martellus Bennett, to all sorts of you know examples of of what has gone on in our country that we need to kind of change. Um, and we all are trying to do what we can. We're using our platforms, using our opportunities to to shed light on that. So that's kind of where I stand on it. Um, but yeah, I don't think us not going to the White House is going to miraculously make everything better. But there are things that uh, that's that's this is my opportunity to to voice that.
9: In general, um, the idea of going to the White House as part of a championship team is awesome. You know, it's an incredible honor, and um, you honor the the office, you honor the institution. I can speak from personal experience. Um, doesn't matter. You set it. You set aside political differences, right? So, I mean, I've had the pleasure to meet with Reagan, George Bush, Clinton, George W. Bush, Obama. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with all of them, but it was an incredible honor to be in their presence. Um, There was a respect for the office and also a respect not not only from us, but from the president himself. Um, And that goes both ways. And I think uh, we would, in normal times, very easily be able to set aside political differences and go visit and have a great time. And, and that would be awesome. But these are not ordinary times. Um, probably the most divisive device times in my life. Uh, I guess since Vietnam, but I was just a kid. I don't remember too much about Vietnam. But uh, because of the differences that exist in the country, um, the president made it really, really difficult um, for us to honor that institution and um, our differences I think in terms of our team and our organization's values are so dramatically different I'm talking in terms of inclusion and, and civil discourse and dignity and it's hard for us every day you know we're seeing the things he's saying I thought yesterday his comments about the NFL players was as bad as anything he has said to this point so it's awful you're talking about Young men who are peacefully protesting police brutality and racism, racial inequality, peacefully protesting, hallmarks of our country. Come on, it's this has been very difficult for us to, uh, to have to reconcile, put it that
12: way. We sit up here and say that we are trying to make a difference, um, because we know this is the greatest country in the world. It's the land of the free. But we still have problems just like everybody else. And when we have those problems, we have to figure out a way how we come together and be as great as we can be as the people. Um, because the people run this country, not one individual, and damn sure not him. Yeah, so um, as I got this platform and as I, people, I have a, a way to inspire and have a way for my word to be, to be bond. Um, I will lend my voice. I will lend my passion. I will lend my money. Um, I will lend my resources to my youth and, and my inner city and outside of my inner city to let these kids know that, you know, there is hope. There is uh, there's greater walks of life. And not one individual, no matter if it's the president of the United States or if it's someone in your household, can stop your dreams from becoming a reality. And it's that simple. Or maybe not that simple if you can't appreciate it.
7: Hey, Bron. Tom Withers,
9: AP again. Do you? Is there any regret that you got into a name-calling
7: situation with the president?
12: No. A name-caller. What'd I say? Called
7: Let me him, hear you say it. Called him a bum.
12: <laughs> it's not a <laughs> name call. It's uh. Nice. No, you bum. Me and my friends call each other that all the time. I'm not his friend, though. Don't ever. Don't. I don't want to see that on the note. I, he's not my friend. Hey, but it, uh, it, no. No, that was the first thing that when I woke up and saw what he said about Steph Curry, first of all, (laughs) it's so funny because it's like you invite me to your party, right? matter of fact, it's not not like you invited me. It's almost like, you know, Tom, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not coming. (laughs) And then you'd be like, hey, LeBron, guess what? You're not invited. (laughs) I wasn't coming anyways. So that was funny to me when I woke up and saw that. So my and my first initial response was you you bum you you I can't first of all you 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 don't understand the magnitude and you don't understand he doesn't understand the power that he has for being the leader of this beautiful country. He doesn't understand how many kids no matter the race look up to look up to the president of the United States for for guidance, for leadership, for for words of encouragement. He doesn't understand that, and that's what makes me more—that's what makes me more sick than anything. That we have someone as this is the most, this is the number one position in the world. Do you guys agree? Being the president of the United States is the most powerful position in the world. I I don't know of another one. If, If you can find one, let me know. It's the most powerful position in the world, and. We are at a time where the most powerful position in the world has an opportunity to bring us closer together as a people, and inspire the youth and put the youth at ease on saying that it is okay for me to walk down the street and not be judged because of the color of my skin or because of my race. And he has no recollection of that, and he doesn't even care. Maybe he maybe he does, but he doesn't care. So. Do I take away, do I say, uh, do I just say, take away you bum off my my tweet?
9: Do you find it, is there is there a positive in all this, Bron, in that he's the awakened people and conversations are happening? The
12: conversation has happened. Me, uh, me D-Wave, Melo, and CP stood on the, on the biggest night of sports at the ESPYs. Stood on the stage. That's the biggest night in sports where all our, Colleagues from all over the world, all the sports and champions, and you know people who have been praised all over the world for their accomplishment over that that last year, and we stood on stage and and we understood the magnitude that we were headed into. So, I love the fact that the conversation has started. I watched Sunday Countdown yesterday at 10 o'clock, and for the first 20, uh, Charles Woodson, uh, you know uh, Rex Ryan, uh, Randy Moss. Uh, those guys, um, those guys all sat up there and talked about it for 30 minutes. And Rex Ryan, if you guys saw it, said he supported Trump in the beginning and he voted for Trump and gave Trump money and, and actually had had a rally for Trump. And he said he don't know if he made the right choice. So the conversation is being had. Bron, Scott Sergeant WFNY, you started off your
10: kind of presentation about the unifying measures in the NFL and how proud you were to see that. A lot can change between now and October 17th, but do you foresee anything like that trickling
12: down through the NBA? Um, I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if something trickled down uh, to the NBA um, if no change happened between now and the 17th. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs>
0: Time to thank everybody for tuning in to Sports Social with Eddie C. Junior today, and I, I also just want to acknowledge the fact that um, I, I lost a very important member of my family uh, this past week. Uh, my grandmother passed away, and you know I, I just want to say to uh, my entire family, you know, the Easton family, um, that it's a tough time for us, but uh, we will continue to fight and we will continue to um, to grow and and celebrate her life, you know, as best as we can. So I just want to say, Grandma, I love you. And and just that, you know, I'm gonna to continue to do the best to make you proud. But I also want to thank everybody once again for tuning in and just this whole topic regarding Donald Trump and just everything that he's brought to this country so far. And a lot of people are in fear. You know, let's let's get away from the jokes and everything for a minute, just really look at what we're possibly facing here. So I just want everyone out there, whether you're red or blue or different, keep in mind that we are all people at the end of the day and we have to be strong for each other. This is a very scary and different time right now. So I do believe like, you have to have faith, you have to have love and passion for one another because this back and forth, uh, I, I, we just did a sports show today that was primarily on or just hatred and, and anger and, and, and just rebellion. And, and it's nothing to do with any type of score or stat. So this just lets you know the state of this country so far. Until next time, my name is Eddie Easton Jr. Have a good one.